Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 28 of my podcast. It's me, Jill, here, and Norman is on the grind. And we're going to try and record this before the school breaks and Norman goes and chats to all his friends. Um, This is actually the second time that I've had to record this because... I am amazing at technology and working with microphones and things like that. And sadly, um, when I hit record the last time, I thought I was recording and I was watching the playback and it's almost like I was talking, but nothing was coming out of my mouth. So the microphone didn't work. So now it is. Um, so this is the second time that I'm going to talk through what I had recorded before, but, but that's okay. Hopefully, um, I'm able to make it, um, a little bit better than the first recording. Um, like most of my recordings and most of my podcasts that I do, I tend to have a very loose structure, um, cause I really just like to talk from, from me, um, and try and make it as natural as I possibly can. Um, so coming back to, I'm going to say this again, even though I feel a little bit silly in my head is like, I didn't know what to call this podcast. Um, and I do now because obviously I had recorded it before. Um, but like I said, in, in the first one that you may not know, um, I'm sitting here drinking, um, coffee. Um, I don't know what this says. It isn't Irish, um, is meth lion Santa. So, I don't know if meth is lion Santa, but I think it means, and I can vaguely remember that Laura told me, it says, I love Santa. And she bought me this at Christmas time. And inside it, it now has a very cold cup of coffee um, because like I said, the last podcast recorded, but it had no audio. (laughs) So anyway, um, I'll probably sit there for the next sort of 15 minutes as I talk through what I'm about to talk about. Um, so as I said, I'm sitting here drinking coffee, wasn't sure what to call the podcast, but knew I wanted to talk about running, um, and just general, um, tips and tricks when it comes to, um, running and and maybe even, dare we say, prevention of, um, running when it comes to, um, injury. So bulletproof running, um, what does, what does that mean? Um, when we talk about injury, you really can't get away from it. And everywhere that we look online, we he, we see and we hear about new techniques that prevent injury. Um, you know, massage guns that, you know, reduce, you know, pain or all of these different new things that are coming out. And I will never say categorically that something will not work when it comes to injury and dealing with people with injuries and like most people out there if we're we're talking to coaches that are out there um we tend to deal more with very help with healthy individuals that are uninjured and whenever we are posed with an athlete that develops an injury which we all will in our life um it really is out with our scope of work to go and prescribe things Um, more often or not, we would always refer on to a licensed practitioner, such as physiotherapist, a doctor, a chiropractor, whatever the case may be. Um, And that doesn't mean that as as a coach, we don't educate ourselves and look at up-to-date research and really see what's going on out there and, and hope that whenever they come back with what they've been given from the physiotherapist, we're in a really good position to understand, you know, the why they've been given it um, and what we have to do or what or what ideally we should do whenever we are prescribing training during their rehabilitation. 
Um, so I kind of just wanted to start with that. And also, you know, as someone who is exercising or anybody that steps foot into the gym, whether you're um, like, whether you're just starting out, whether you're an amateur, you know, whether you're a professional, if you are engaging in exercise, you are exposing yourself to risk and you are more likely to experience an injury than someone who hasn't exercised. Um, if we talk about experiencing or developing injury from exercise, somebody who's, who's not exercising will never get injured because of exercise, but you, if you are probably at some time in your life, you will. Um, speaking from experience, I have been injured numbers of times, um, twice quite badly. I was off for almost a year whenever I had my, my knee surgeries. Um, and since then I've, I've had niggles. Um, <laughs> I had a niggle in the last sort of five kilometers of my second ever Ironman that kind of led, um, sort of like <laughs> rendered me off running for, I say at least a good two or three months. Um, and since then I've had niggles and, and whatnot as well. And I think like for me personally, I know that my own planning or when I've worked with a coach that my training has been based on my needs and there's been optimal loading, optimal recovery. You know, my, my nutrition I think is, is, is pretty sound. Um, but yet at some stage I have developed niggles, um, you know, and I think you're always going to come up against that where it's very, very hard um, to totally eradicate the risk of it. Um, because we all are always looking to do better and to increase the intensity or to increase the loading. And with that, obviously, comes stress through the body. And the body's ability to recover is dependent upon many different factors. So it's not always just a monodisciplinary thing where, you know, okay, well, if you, you know, train your legs today and you rest them tomorrow you'll be grand again for the next day. There's so many other factors that come into play. Um, so that's why I'm saying like, as a coach, we have a great job because we get to try and understand more and more about the body, but at the same time, it can be quite challenging, um, you know, because one, we only see our athletes maybe, you know, three hours a week, if it's one-to-one, -one, or if you're an online, maybe you never see them actually in the live all the time. And you're relying solely on the information that you're being feeded um, through an application, which more often or not only actually gives you their, their training metrics and, you know, their hours of, of sleep. And that's if they fill it in. Sometimes they don't. Um, so kind of went off on a tangent there. I want to kind of bring it back to what I was going to actually talk about in the podcast. And that is, and that was bulletproof and, and bulletproof ways in, in which, and bulletproof is probably actually the wrong word. Maybe I should change it. Um, no, I won't. I'll keep it. Um, but I'll add a caveat where I can't bulletproof and say that categorically, if you apply all these tips and techniques that you're never going to get injured. Um, but, you know, like a bulletproof jacket that you wear, if you're in the police up in the PSNI, it only protects your chest. You still could get shot in your leg where it's not bulletproof. So that's how I'm going to spin this one. Um, so the first thing we'll look at runners, um, because I mean, I love running, um, probably my favorite, um, discipline, um, out of all of the, the three in triathlons, but if we look specifically at running, um, you know, it tends to be a lot more, um, aggressive perhaps than, than the other spot, uh, than the other sports and common injuries that we often see is things like ITP syndrome, uh, 
plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendinopathy, um, patellofemoral or knee pain. Um, it can be like um, tendinopathies in, in the hamstrings. Um, it could be lower back pain. It could be upper back pain. Um, you know, it could be it could be toe pain. It could be and anywhere in your body is probably at at risk whenever we're doing a full body, um, a full body um, exercise such as running. And, you know, we see runners out there and we think that they're so good and they're so fit, but like if there's, we're so good and we're so fit, we're also really good at getting hurt. Um, and running does have, you know, um, you know, I, I'd say a high injury rate as well as does other sports. Like I said, if you expose yourself to risk, you're probably going to get injured some way, sometime in your life and where you can, you know, prevent it where you can. So the first thing that I would say is if you are wanting to minimize your injury risk is that you need to strength train. And for insurance, runner, insurance runners out there, I don't mean, you know, sitting in your three sets of 15 to 20, you know, lunges, body weight, squats, you know, those are great at certain times. And I'm not saying that I would never prescribe that for an athlete. I would at a certain time, but not all the time. Um, again, there should be a change in stimulus. There should be different types of strength training applied to your program, whether that's maximal strength, whether that's speed strength, strength speed, you know, hypertrophy, muscular endurance, all of these that you see sort of on, you know, your strength continuum, as well as hitting different parts of your force velocity curve are very good for developing different types of strength within the body that you need in order to play sport. Um, whether or not deadlifting back squat has any transfer to the actual skill itself um, is a question that's often up for debate and probably not because in order to get be a better runner, you should probably just run. But these novel approaches, and I say novel because they're, you know, they're, they're supplementary to it, but the inclusion of them has been proven to be positive. So for any runner out there that is not strength training on a regular basis, regardless of where you are in your training plan, then you are on the back foot. So from a physiological standpoint, like a biomechanical standpoint, you know, you strength training is very, very important, you know, just making us more efficient, helping us prevent, um, you know, leaking of, of energy, um, you know, and just, and, just making us an all around better runner. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite passionate about, about, about strength training when it comes to when it comes to um, running and swimming and biking. Um, the second point that I would, I would talk about. So strength training, super, super important. The second point um, is one that is probably going to rattle people. It's respecting um, recovery understanding that your body is not a robot it can only withstand a certain amount of stress and I think everybody out there whether you're you know just starting your exercise or you've been exercising for a long period of time and especially if you're training at a very very high level um, you need to understand that you know your body needs to recover and recovery isn't about jumping in an ice bath recovery isn't just about um dipping yourself in magnesium salts or, you know, 
jamming a, a massage gun around your legs and, and hoping that it just is going to prevent injury or anything like that there. Um, recovery is multifaceted. It comes, so it comes from being able to manage the stresses that happen outside of the gym room or in your training process. So things like work, life, additional stresses, we're all feeling at the moment with, with COVID, it could be anything. It could be, you know, family stress. It could be financial stress, it could be relationship stress. All of these things create damage within the body. They make you perhaps more fatigued and not in an optimal position to go and train hard. Um, you've also got sleep, you've got nutrition and hydration, all of these things, massive, massive, massive. And I would say that a lot of people out there just expect and probably want as well just to be on a continual increase of intensity and load all the way out, all the way through the year. So like, you know, in January time, I started off and I was, you know, I was training for eight hours a week. And, you know, if I apply the, you know, I'm just going to use the example of the 10% rule. I think there's, there's pros and cons of that, but, you know, by the end of the year, if that was the case, you know, I should be hitting around about 20 hours a week. And that's, and that's just how it's meant to be because that's how progressive overload happens. And it's like, well, n- no, not really. Um, you know, cause at different times, you know, your body doesn't need to be under that stress all the time. There has to be time for adaptation, recovery, training different elements within your fitness. It doesn't always have to mean going hard every single day of the week or, you know, always just training hard. And that comes from, you know, having a really good periodized plan. You know, for example, a lot of my athletes at the minute, you know, are training for um, an Ironman in the coming sort of 14 to 16 weeks. And prior to that, you know, it's almost like they were in their preseason um, or sorry, their, their, their build up phase where, you know, you had the ability or you had the alliance where they didn't have to be doing, you know, a serious, serious amount of time or hours where you could kind of pull back and maybe work a little bit more intensity and you could, you could play a bite. And now as they're moving into their race prep, that's whenever things have to be really dialed in and you would expect intensity and training volume and load to kind of increase. Um, but it can't be like that all the time. You know, like I said, you need to allow time to recover um, and adapt to it as well. Um, the third point that I would that I would flag up is, and specifically with, with running, is to try and include variety. Um, and I mean variety in in the routes that you're running. Um, for me, I'm I am really patterned where I like to um, sort of do the same things over and over again. And you could probably put me out on, on a run and I'd be able to dial it into a T because I know what my pace would be so that I could start and finish at the same time. Um, but your body does get used to certain things. It creates, you know, um, the same stress over and over again. And sometimes that's not optimal either. Whereas, so when I'm talking about variety, you know, there should be a variance in, in the routes that you're taking. So you're not always experiencing sort of the same terrain, um, the same inclines, declines, camber in the road. Um, so where possible, you know, include, you know, as much as I'm going to say it, maybe include some treadmill work, include some trail work, include some, you know, grass, some track, some road, and this is definitely, I would say, more um, more important for people that are 
running all the time and like more than you know three times per week as opposed to you know maybe even a try if you're only training you know twice a week you might that might be okay um but when your running is getting you know more frequent and more time you definitely want to look at changing the terrain that you're running um and i would also say where you can is to cycle through your running shoes as well um, so not always just running in the same pair of runners and being sure to, you know, invest in new running shoes after a period of time, the more you run, the probably more frequent you need to change your trainers as well. Um, so I think that was one, two, three, four. So the fourth thing that I want to talk about, and I'm going to start here from the beginning and say that there's going to be a lot of grayness in and around this, because we're going to talk about technique. Um, I'm very much of the opinion that our technique is very much governed by, you know, our, 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 our body statures, our mechanics, our skills, what we do day to day. Um, and is that wrong? No. Is it right? Maybe not. Could it be better? Possibly. Do we need to change it? Maybe, maybe not. Again, depends on many, many different factors. Um, so as, as, as a main thing, what you'd want to see is, you know, whatever your running technique is, is to ensure that, you know, there's, there's no change in that technique due to anything that's going on, whether or not you're experiencing any niggles or, and that might be a telltale sign if your technique does change. Um, but again, where possible, when we're running, you know, we want to see key things where we're able to keep, you know, a nice tall posture when we're running with an arm swing that goes forward and back, as opposed to a cross where, you know, our upper body is, is strong. It's not floppy. We're not rotating um, a copious amount. Our eye gaze is forward. Um, when we are running, you know, we have a real nice, good sort of hip extension on, on the way through that we're getting the feet off the ground an appropriate amount. So we're not just like slogging along. Um, and at the same time, we also have a cadence or a step rate that kind of falls within a sweet spot. Um, and I think for many running experts, they might they might type that it might be 180 steps per minute. Like for me, I'd have to be sprinting to be doing that. Um, you know, I've worked on my cadence um over the past sort of year year and a half and i've brought it up from you know like 168 to coming now in around about 175 um and that was done through you know specific drills and skill training which um which are which were embedded in very gradually it wasn't just a dramatic change as well it was it was quite gradual and it should be any change that you are making to technique and, and cadence should be done gradually um but it kind of so i would say that anybody you know with a cadence less than 170 you might want to have a little look at kind of what's happening and what it might flag up is that when your cadence is that is lower than that you probably find that you're over striding and you're a heel striker it's not bad that you're a heel striker um but what you don't want to see is the overstride. And the overstride is where you see the foot landing very far out in front of the hip, meaning that there are unnecessary excessive forces going through the joints and non-optimal loading, um, which might not be great if you're starting to run a long period of time. You may just be at risk. You might never get injured because your ability to recover and withstand that is good. But at the same time, that is something that we should consider. And you might want to look at, like I said, I mean, this is, this is really gray, but for more often or not, if someone has come to me and I do see that, 
and they start to, you know, experience little niggles, it would probably be the first thing that I would go in to change. Um, it's just to looking for an increase in, in step rate. Um, and I'd say the last thing that I would say is to follow a plan, a structured plan that allows your rest and recovery. That's variable. That's not repetitive. Really just summing up what I've said there in the past. Um, but yeah, um, th those, those would be the key things. So I think there's a couple of points there. Um, and like I said, I mean, I think it's, these are things that we're always going to be talking about over and over again. Um, and you're all, things are always going to evolve, um, over time. There's always going to be new research coming out, um, new techniques that might prove positive for performance. Um, but for, for us as coaches, it's good to stay abreast of certain things, but lastly, just understand that, you know, we are coaches and, you know, by the most parts of things, we are dealing with healthy individuals. Um, if we have an athlete that does come to us that gets injured, you know, our first protocol should be referring them on to the likes of a, um, a physio, a chiro, um, or a physical therapist. And then as a coach working alongside them, um, supporting the, I'd say the guidance that they have, that they've provided, um, and keep the you know lines of communication open as well as positive. Um, and that could be a totally different um, podcast when you talk about the power of communication and the psychology in and around rehabilitation. Um, it's pretty big right now. Um, and yeah, like everything, it's just a constant, a constant learning curve. Um, and yeah, and I really just hope that, you know, the things that we've talked about here and maybe some of them have resonated more than others. Um, maybe you've got some questions about it as well. And, and if you do have any questions, I mean, please feel free to contact uh, me, ask me a question, um, have a chat about it. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You've taken something away from it. And until next time, guys, I will now drink my cold coffee. You spilled that there. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys, stay Super healthy.